you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly condensed soul film. My name is Mike Noel, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? The Equalizers is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hi, Mike. I'm home. And what time do you call this? I call it Record O'Clock. I carumba. I think Icarumba is going to be a. I I like you stealing that catchphrase and then repurposing it for this show. Yeah. Well, our sitcom Um, is from like the 50s. So actually, The Simpsons stole it from us. Matt Groening, our lawyers will be in contact with you. (laughs) Gee golly, super good. That's how I am. Well, boy, howdy, Madison. And how am I glad to hear you say that uh, as we (laughs) get here to Pleasantville? What's, yeah. uh, well, that's enough banter. What did you think of this movie? Um, so this movie is like oddly, and maybe in a meta way, sort of nostalgic for me. Um, my uh, my mom watched this movie, and I remember watching it with her. It was like on TNT, uh, so it was kind of fun to go back. Um, but I haven't seen it before watching it for this episode in probably ten years, right? Yeah. Um, so it kind of hits differently for sure, mm-hmm. but I generally like it. From a 2020 perspective, mm-hmm. like seeing kind of like the uh, the kind of themes of the movie, yeah. um, it kind of hits differently for sure. Yeah. Well, I have an idea of how we can talk about this movie. It's a new bit I want us to institute, especially for this opening part of the, where we're talking about the movie. Um, and it's a bit that you're welcome to also call for as well. It's not just my bit. Um, we're going to play Fuck, Mary Kill, but it's Fuck, Mary Kill with the plot, the, the way the characters are written. Or the setting. And this way we can kind of figure out how what we want to talk about, good or bad. What part of the movie do we want to fuck? Um All the characters are pretty hot. I mean, I think I think everyone is pretty now, attractive. I do also like, we can for, for, we can get fu- sexy like that. I also kind of meant just like characters, capital C, like the concept of the characters. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, okay. I thought about introducing <laughs> this last week, but it was the kid who would be king, and I decided that was way too messy to try to dig my yeah, way out of, so I waited. <laughs> I think I we could fuck the characters, right? Absolutely. Uh, Jeff Goldblum Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Jeff Bridges, I do it every time. It's Jeff Bridges and Jeff Daniels. Yeah, see, it's Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. I didn't even say it right the second time. Jeff Daniels. Wait, which? It is Jeff Daniels, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I always mix up Jeff Bridges and Jeff Daniels. Um, Jeff Daniels, where the opening of the movie is so funny to me with Tobey Maguire, where he's like, yeah, but you put the lettuce on. Yeah. You know how you make everything else? You could just put the lettuce on yourself. And the look on his face is like, is, is that allowed? Am I allowed to do that? I'm going to, uh, one of my notes that I had for this is, uh, Bill Johnson on the floor of the soda shop saying there are no cheeseburgers is a, <laughs> is 2020 personified. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so like defeated throughout the entire, through the first half of the movie until he like realizes uh, he can like explore painting. Like he's just like, his world is rocked if like. <laughs> 
if the cheese if the lettuce doesn't get put on the cheeseburgers or the napkins aren't put out like it's just um he's so he's like the most one-dimensional character in a in a world of one-dimensional characters i mean we have to also touch on the master don Knotts being in this film the, I, I have a theory about that and that's going to go into when we're actually talking <laughs> okay, about the pitch fair enough. so cool um so okay so um it was my interest is fuck the characters, fuck the characters. and then we had plot and i believe setting was what i said so so, which would, so marry setting or kill setting i think kill setting okay. um it's pretty bland um and then marry the plot the set again. does get visually like the way that they just like bit mm-hmm. by bit color enters pleasantville it looks so cool it does I'm going to joke watch this with Avenger Jackson Eflin that the only parts of Pleasantville that get color are the parts where bodily fluids have touched after sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great because um, the clock, like the lighting in the clock of the diner is lit up, but not much else is. An entire car is green, which means... Well, there's a there's a point at the beginning of the movie um, before like the book thing happens and like people start reading. It's like, basically, you know who did the deed by if they were in color or oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> like... Um, I, I thought the, um, I don't know if it was meant to be, but the girl, um, at the doctor's office, her tongue, yeah, like being pink, I thought that be. was kind of, it has to it, be. I think that, I think that has to be suggestive, right? Like, I think it, that's what they were trying to do. I, maybe, um, maybe that just for like the, uh, using a tongue depressor, it was like, oh, that'll work. I honestly, I, I, maybe I more believe they just didn't lean away from that implication. Sure. Either way. Yeah. I, I mean, there's also a point, and we'll get. Actually, I'm going to save this next point for. There's a tomato about it, and we'll touch on it then. Yeah, so definitely marry the plot because I really enjoyed the idea of like modern teens get sucked into like Leave It to Beaver was really good because it had like some of the super fan like time travel elements of Bud of Tobey Maguire's character Bud in the show um, trying to keep everything on the rails, and then the absolute chaos of Reese Witherspoon just like no, I don't give a shit. Yeah, Bud's character, um, I like how in our time, in our world, he's kind of like a couch potato, like, like yeah. kind of like slubby, slubby kind of like loser guy. But in Pleasantville, he's a well-educated, well, like, like, like he's read every book. He knows the entire story of Huck- Huckleberry Finn. There's, you mentioned read all the books and he's this well-read, well-educated guy. And that is what kills me about the ending of this movie. When Reese Witherspoon decides to stay. Because she says, mm-hmm. you know, whoa, what are my odds out there of getting into college? And my thought is, she's basically going to get a degree in 1950. Yeah. Like, she's like, she's going to come back with enough college credits. All, and she's basically like, oh, there's, wait, oh, yeah, there are 50 states. I forgot because I was living in the television in 1950. Yeah, the the whole idea of the world opening up kind of mm-hmm. muddies it a little bit. Like I, I, and I know like the point is, is like they're free to do whatever they want. Right. Now they're not restricted by the, the uh, arcane, like Pleasantville, like fake American dream right. idea. It kind of muddies it. Cause it's like, okay, so cause Don Knotts is talking about watching reruns of the show. So in those reruns <laughs> is like the world opened up or something. It is like, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm... Mary Sue. And Co- I, I have no Presumably, idea. <laughs> everybody's just watching in episodic fashion. What's happening in the movie. Yeah. Like right. you turn on, it'd be like going to turn on watching the Andy Griffith show. And it's, there's just like 
I don't know, Gomer from the filling station is just having hardcore sex in the back of a car with like some other character from the show. Like that's basically what people are tuning into now. Yeah. And then it gets dark. Yeah. Yeah. It gets pretty dark. I just, I feel like they didn't need to use some of the, like, especially the language that they used for the people who were in color. I'm trying not to say the exact phrasing that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it and it made sense but it honestly just felt tacked on kind of at the end like and it, it, it yeah. was a, the, the, the plot was about fear and hatred which I get and like oh everything's changing and we want our town to be the way it used to be and we can like point at you and say it's you're the problem because you're in color now and that means you've been breaking all these like mores and rules that we have but using the phrasing they used took it to a racial level that they were not really backing up with any other part of the movie. Yeah, there's there's a point in the movie where it's like, ooh, that's kind of very tone deaf and like you really shouldn't be trying to frame it that way because there's, um, yeah, there's a point where um, they, there's kind of a racial, like, like, um, anyone who is in color is like being we'll we'll, uh, we'll say targeted. it one time they're called they call them coloreds yeah. which yeah. i don't want us to we're not going to keep using that but like we'll just academically mm-hmm. and then, but yeah. like it just we may cut that still because i just yeah. feel weird about we'll it see. but yeah but but there's also like the point in like uh the courthouse where the um people that are in color are above mm-hmm like put it in a, in a separate section away from the people that are still in black and white. Mm-hmm. Like there's stuff like that, that I think like, Oh, that's pretty tone deaf. And that like, I don't, I think they were trying to make it sort of ra- like racial discrimination, like adjacent, but I, but to me, the movie's not about that. Right. right. It's, if it's, it's kind it's kind of the idea of, um, and I and I researched this a little bit because mm-hmm. I was thinking like, oh, what is like the idea of this movie? And um, uh, this is from from the wiki of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it says director Gary Ross stated that this movie is about the fact that personal repression gives rise to larger political oppression. Mm-hmm. That when we are afraid of certain things in ourselves or we are afraid of change, we project those fears onto other things. And a lot of very ugly social situations can develop um and which again though but and that leads to because it feels to me and that's i kind of i think backs up my approach is that somebody realized hey they're in color this would be like a slur to use and we can tie this in with some racism stuff and it really just feels kind of slapped on at the end of the movie and it wasn't about yeah and that's my problem with it i don't if they dug into it more throughout the film Okay, great. We can have that conversation. This was somebody realized, hey, we can maximize the bang for our buck by also making it some race stuff. Yeah. Well, and um, I and I was looking in more into other things, and I don't have a quote for this, but uh, someone uh, I I was reading reading something that said like, oh, this movie is sort of about the more reality of the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um of what it actually was right rather than the leave it to beaver like how we imagine the 50s was like exactly the honey i'm home uh dinner's dinner's ready like the perfect kids the the ones that like win awards and everything like this this fake american dream when in reality during the 50s 
like premarital sex was very common rock and roll was like hitting the stage and like everything the world that pleasantville eventually turned into by the end of the movie is a more accurate representation of the 50s exactly right and and i think that it could have worked with one change because jackson and i were talking about this as like pitching the idea of it as a mini series or like a limited series kind of thing um Mm -hmm. make toby mcguire and reese witherspoon's character people of color and nobody notices yeah. when they get sucked in because nobody notices that Bud and Mary Sue suddenly look very different because um, they don't know. So nobody notices. But by making the main characters people of color in the whitest TV show of the 50s, that already sets it up for some other ang- like things like that. And then you can from the beginning, you have this element of race. But at this point, it was really just kind of like, oh, yeah, also everybody's super racist. But to move on, because yeah. uh, we're getting really gratuitously pausing about this. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, we're not the we're not the rebootalizers. Yeah. We're the equalizers. Before the audio morphs into something else, we should probably move on. <laughs> See, I can do it too. Let's OK Crusader on to the next <laughs> time section. To, time of... to take an alphabet flight onto something else. God. <laughs> Let's. I guess we'll drag the cereal. Conversation. Serial, serial. <laughs> we'll drag the conversation, kicking and screen, kicking and streaming into uh, the next part, which is the question that I have to ask: Did you enjoy this film? Generally, yeah. Yeah, I also did. I did. The first time I saw it, I didn't. It's one of those movies I came into expecting it to be something different than what it was. I thought it was going to kind of be like an aw shucks, these two like modern day kids are sucked into Mayberry and oh boy, are they in like, or Ooh, what kind of wacky adventures and they get out. And I wasn't ready for it to turn as sharp as it did. So I didn't really care for it this time, knowing what I was in for. And I was prepared. I was like, Oh yeah, this is actually like really good. Like the first time I just was in the mood for Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon get pulled into Mayberry and like fuck around. Or they teach everybody how to fuck basically. And then that's yeah. the movie. And I was like, Oh no, it's a whole other thing. Okay. That's not really what I was in the mood for. Great. Now I was like, Oh, okay. No, I'm prepared. And I appreciated it a lot more this time. I mean, they still taught Mayberry how to fuck, yeah. but yeah, how to fuck, but and read and read how to fucking read. <laughs> God. Okay. Well, like I said, I like this movie. It probably won't surprise you to learn. Other people had some opinions. That's right, gang. Let's stroll ourselves on down to the fishing hole of Daddy's Tomatoes. Uh, Ben K. gave this four stars. Ben Kenobi, old Ben, uh, had some thoughts on Pleasantville. (laughs) Moral of the story is, if you touch yourself, trees will go on fire. End of review. Absolutely. That what a scene. Uh this was early I referenced. The Bud's mom uh one asks her daughter very soon to explain sex to her, which is great. Uh the reversal yeah. of the mother asking the daughter for sex ed. She then gets in the bathtub and apparently Reese Witherspoon was very specific because she then masturbates. <laughs> At which point yeah. the and tree in their yard catches on fire. Um Yeah. I made the joke to Jackson that she had seen God, like the burning bush. <laughs> yeah bible comedy hey. um that's for all our christian fans out there uh, who are i'm sure numerous <laughs> at this point i mean we did christian mingle <laughs> the movie but i really liked that toby Maguire's character bud like ran to the firehouse was screaming fire at them and none of them had any mm. ideas going on and then finally he just went cat 
we can maybe put the clip in. But and they were just like, oh no, fuck, cat, cat, cat. And he like teaches them how to fight a fire. I guess the idea of the world is that it's sort of like adults playing in like a playset and they don't know how things work. Oh yeah, it's a world Basically, where nothing bad like, happens. Like mm-hmm. there's a part where Don Knotts is quizzing um Toby Maguire's character, whose real name I don't know or care about. And David. I I don't care. File the names of the characters in Pleasantville under the Dragon Ball Z blanket of I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> so he's he's quizzing him about this, and he has some questions like, who did M- Muffy's, whatever, bring to the date, the da- masquerade dance after her date stood her out? But it's like, that's the biggest problem that people have in Pleasantville. It's like, they get stood up mm-hmm. for the masquerade dance at school. And so I just and have to take their dad. Yeah. And like, I just like, and it's heartwarming and not sad. <laughs> and so I just love that. Yeah. That was kind of the go-to here was like, there are no problems. I told Jackson, I think a cool thing would have been also, if this were a miniseries and they could dig into it more, the idea of, because like in shows like that, nobody like, they don't know anything about history or geography outside of Pleasantville. So they also don't know like how cars work, basically. So it could just yeah. be whatever Toby McGuire and Reese Witherspoon say is now how the world works there. So I have the idea of Reese Witherspoon's character, like Toby McGuire is trying to explain as much as he can about everything. And she's like, oh, engines full of birds. And that's just now how cars work in Pleasantville is the engines are full of birds. Like whatever, yeah. it could be anything they want. And I think that would have been like, this movie does a good job of picking its battles on that yeah. front. And it picks the right battles. I just, with more time, I would have loved for them to dig into stuff like that. Like basically to birth new ideas of how things function and to exist. Oh, yeah. So as the show goes on the world, like eventually everything breaks down in this absolute fucking chaos because like she didn't give a shit at the beginning. So it's like all the cars are full of birds now. And like, it's just weird other shit like that. Uh, our next review comes from Julia. O, who gave this four stars creepy in a weird way and visually beautiful closer to the end, but I didn't enjoy the acting and a review. I mostly pulled this okay. from the phrase creepy in a weird way. I can see that um, it, it sort of has like this Stepford Wives vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Of um, it's very creepy that people are this nice because they're unbelievably mm-hmm. nice and like pleasant. Um, so I get that, but creepy in a weird way. Like, yeah, what makes there's it also weird? the how is it weird creepy? See, I I disagree with them that the acting was bad because uh-huh. I think every character when they got their world rocked by something that is like mm-hmm. out of their norm, ha- they ha- did such a good job with their face of like visually they're like all the windows are breaking in their brain. Mm-hmm. when like the mother learns about masturbation or um, when Paul the, Walker's character, uh, Skip Martin realizes that what's Reese Witherspoon might not go out with him. Yeah. 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 Right. Like he, he like almost like, I love that scene because everyone is scared of the basketball. It's like, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Because in the movie, if you haven't seen it, prequels, like every every time like someone on the basketball team shoots for a basket, it always goes in. Mm-hmm. But when he's mad, um, that that mu- muffin or whatever her name was uh, won't go out with her. And he throws it at the basket and it just doesn't go in. And it's like a bomb went off or like. But Madison, I don't want to talk about the movie anymore. I want to talk about creepy in a weird way. Play with me. <laughs> What's creepy in a weird way? Um, I don't want um, real good answers. I want funny answers. Okay, tapioca is creepy in a okay. in a good way. In a good way. Um, or a in weird a good way. way. 
in a weird way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the little bubbles floating in like like mm-hmm. thick pudding. It's kind of creepy. Um, it feels weird in your mouth. Um, <laughs> is that what you wanted? <laughs> yeah, I want you to talk about actually creepy in a weird way. Mostly, it's just what things that feel weird in your mouth. Uh, our last review <laughs> comes from Alex K, who gave this three stars, and this is a very simple, factual review that we need to be aware of going into the sequel. 1929 was 69 years old in 1998. End of review. Nice, nice. But that's the end of the tomatoes. I just that was one that we needed to, I think, to give yeah. us perspective and really ground us before we get into this the sequel. But it was the 1950. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. I, I, know. I don't, But I just think we need okay. to remember that 1929 was 69 years before 1998. Nice. How many years? <laughs> 69. Nice. Oh, God, we're 10. Okay. Uh, do you have any liquids or headlines or any bits? No, I just have a bunch of notes that I'll probably just bring up. Okay. Uh, then the... Let me get a timer started, and we will jump into Pleasantville 2. All right, our time starts now. So you said you had some ideas for this? Um, one of my notes is Don Knotts is a lich. I, I like the idea that Don Don Knotts is a lich who uh, is cast a spell on these people, and he's mad about it because he's crazy. Uh, my Google just uh, uh, my my OK Google just activated, and now it's recording everything I said. <laughs> um, while you're waiting for that to come back, I will say we probably cut this from the end of last week's episode when we picked this movie. But I did utter the phrase that Don Knotts or this cable guy is our, could be our Owatu the watcher from Marvel. Um, so I think that has some of the same energy as your Lich idea. So we could go with that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any other, like we, I think we use that as a frame. We don't have to use it as like the main point. Uh, do you have any other yeah. ideas for like a plot that like things that he would then end exact on? Would it just be Pleasantville again, a different show, something like that? I think it's a different show. Um, I think it could be a completely different type of show that encapsulates like a certain era of TV or okay. movie um, so, and that people are thrown in. Okay. I think that's the angle we go to. I don't think we do David and Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm not sure who those two characters are, but um, I have I have two ideas written down. Uh, I'll quickly run through. One of them is, I called it The Return of Bud, because Reese Witherspoon stays in the show, but Tobey Maguire leaves, mm-hmm. so the, whatever, the character of Bud goes back to his original self, who maybe doesn't remember anything that happened, so maybe he's still in black and white, or something like that, and everybody's in color. Um, that's a possibility. And then, Jackson made a joke, or we, whatever, I think it was Jackson made this joke, uh, as Reese Witherspoon left Pleasantville, I made some joke about going off the edge of the map, and Jackson said, here there be monsters. <laughs> So I just have written down Pleasantville <laughs> 2, Here There Be Monsters. Um. I I also <sighs> like the idea um, that, because the mayor seems very mad uh-huh. about what's happened. Um, so he could be a villain in the second one who's trying to re-black uh, and white things, um, which might be interesting. Uh, Alternately. That's, that's another idea. Yeah. Based on Go your ahead. idea of a different show and what I just said, here there be monsters. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the monsters very well. Uh, I don't either, but I 
I mean, it's kind of Adam's family esque. They're just actually monsters. We could have it be the monsters. Um, it would just be kind of making a kooky Adam's family esque show. Maybe it actually turns into a horror movie by the end. Like they teach the monsters to be actually okay. terrifying. Hmm. Um I don't know, because I feel like we don't I we could play with that. I haven't started our timer again, but I will hear in just a sec. Um we could play with that. I don't know how we do an angle, kind of like how they brought color to yeah. Pleasantville. Maybe as the movie goes on and it gets more terrifying, color drains from the set. I mean, we would it's just the reverse of what the movie did, but it's a thematic kind of terror element instead of passion. Um huh. I mean, we could also not do the monsters. Like I'm I not said, that, that idea, but it ties in your idea yeah. of another show. I'm not feeling the monsters. Mainly because I don't know enough okay. about it. Um, we could make another show right. kind of like it. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. We wouldn't actually do okay. the monsters. Like I just mean. Um, Let's just do Gilligan's Island again. <laughs> oh my god! Here there be yeah. monsters. Um, here there be skippers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's decide the show. We have 11 minutes. Let's pick a show that they're going to be in. Do we want to do like a, a monsters esque where it turns into horror by the end? Or do we want to go with like, because there's like MASH, mm. there's, um, I think Gilligan's Island and Bewitch are off the table yeah, since we've already done sure. those ostensibly. Um, there is the Indy Griffith show. That's pretty similar to Pleasantville. Um, what do you what if we about? did Friends? I think that's too. It's it's current. current, but talking about a time period show of these people living in New York, and it is the least diverse cast ever. Like as a representation of '90s New York. Like, what if they get put into Friends and they play one of the Friends, and then they have to make it more realistic, like New York. <laughs> like, like of actual new new york or maybe it's like so it's a movie of them going or like committing crimes no, i and think it's like i don't maybe, understand okay, like so you know how friends is one of those shows that people like have seen every episode of but then there's like just things in it that are like ooh, that's not good from a 2020 perspective like yeah or even from or a 1990 standpoint, standpoint. Yeah. so like what if they went into friends and they basically called them out and like made them like more uh more 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 politically I mean, correct yeah. characters and like storylines this is a funny sketch but i don't <laughs> think we can make this a movie <laughs> i mean it's basically a movie full of set pieces where it's just one person having a conversation with another one of the friends about how all the monica fat stuff doesn't really fly <laughs> or how chandler is actually super homophobic like it's not great. a movie <laughs> It's not a movie. People though. would watch it, and I know more. And I know more. Yeah, about I know, Friends but like <laughs> than the monsters. This is like a one-hour special of Friends. Like it's not a movie. <laughs> That's not a plot. That's a Doctor Phil episode. <laughs> I'm about it, but if you're not, like, let's let's. I know, but it's not like if you have another plot point that we can like the calling the friends out on their bullshit is fine. It needs to actually have a plot, though. Things sure. that, something that, like... Because Pleasantville, they get stuck there, and they basically just kind of have to survive. And Tobey Maguire's point is, like, we have to keep this show on the rails. And Reese Witherspoon's point is, no, fuck that. Like, I'm not doing this. 
And from there, it kind of explodes into the, the movie. So we can have plot points where it's like these discussions with the friends, but like what's yeah, happening well, actually? Well, we'd have to like narrative. come up with a few different uh, points in friends where it's just like, oh, wait, that's not the right thing to do. Right. Like, or like, oh, no, no, oh, so no, Rachel, Rachel should get on the plane and go just and go pursue her, pursue her career, not throw it away for a dude. Um, this is going to be an off the rails episode already, so I have to ask you right now: Were they on a break? Um, I think that they were not on a break. I think they were having an argument. Um, and he immediately the same episode. Uh, are we really talking about this? Okay, so <laughs> in the same episode, he like went and slept with someone. <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh, we're oh, oh yeah. we're having a well, fight. I mean, okay, I'm gonna go have sex with the copy copy girl. I mean, Ross is empirically the worst. I'm pausing our time. <laughs> Ross is empirically the worst, so that doesn't surprise me. I just think that, like, on the one hand, she said, no, we're on a break. And he was like, oh, okay. And he took her out of word. It still sucks that he basically immediately went out and got How laid. About... But it's the only time I sort of agree with sure. Ross Keller. Um, but so I think if we were to do this, and I'm not saying we have to commit to this. I'm not saying we have to commit to friends. Um, but we've spent enough of our time talking about it. We might have to commit to friends. <laughs> so. What if they jump into one of the characters, um, and maybe it is Ross, uh, one of them, like, I think we still have two people who jump into the characters, and one of them jumps into Ross, I think and if one, one of them has to jump into yeah, Ross, because he's the And worst. one of them jumps into, um... Well, okay, at that point, we should talk about what our, who our characters are, and what lessons yeah, they okay. need to learn in France. Because that just decides, because like the way that they jumped into characters was kind of Toby Maguire got to be the hotshot kid who knew everything about Pleasantville and was popular, and that kind of is what turned him around on letting things happen. Like, oh shit, I'm popular here now. I'm just gonna go with the flow and like, yeah, I'll go hang out with that super hot girl and make out with her at Lovers Lane. And Reese Witherspoon, like being popular and wanting to be with the fads, started reading and learning because that's what everybody was doing. Like. So I think that we need to figure out who the characters are before we decide okay. who's what friend. I guess we're doing friends. <laughs> I don't mean I... to force you into it. We we could do something. I else. mean we're we're I but what? Like yeah. that's the problem. Do you have another like, show you want to pitch? I I don't know. I mean Mash came up. I don't know a huge amount about Mash. Like I said, you don't have to know a whole lot about shows. I think we just need the tropes of like a, a war yeah. comedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do friends. I, I think I think there's enough here that as long as we can find an angle, yeah. it'll work. Yeah. Um, so it's... I just don't want the movie to be. Oh, hey, here's a ten minute scene where we teach uh, Phoebe not not to be so flighty. And here's a ten minute <laughs> scene where I don't know. Like I just we need something if, else happening. What uh, if they we also make, have five? What minutes. if they make like um, friends into? more of a drama rather than a comedy because like they they honestly do fucked up shit in that show like so so um so oh. so like we could take a few friends episodes like um when rachel and um phoebe's uh uh apartment burns down like we could change something and make it a little more um fucked up or something like that okay i have an idea that plays with sort of color, not color. Okay. It's a different trope. Somebody has pointed out where you can, if you manage to find a file of this, watch Friends without the okay. laugh track. 
and it's just deeply yeah. weird because they pause for so long. What if we have the laugh track in the movie over the jokes, and as time goes on, the laugh track stops? And so they're just standing there having to deal with like the weird fucked up shit they just said. Yeah, that they so thought it's was like funny. this like pregnant silence that like uh, it's just like yeah, but they're still doing like they're still mugging, but nobody's laughing, and then they're kind of looking around like, wait, wait, why do I feel bad yeah. about that yeah. now? Um, and I think like basically, <clears throat> what if the goal of the movie of the people is to make these people to stop hanging out with each other because they bring out the worst in each other? um so okay okay see i can fuck with this 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 works as a plot like the movie ends up with the friends being like we're really toxic together they're awful okay yes okay Mm. this is a plot i'm okay i'm good with this um all right so now that we have three minutes left okay well let's let's now let's now make our characters so i think we have we need two yes okay cool two friends fanatics who love the show or something um yes definitely um, i think they could both be um i think and like they're always texting each other like who like trying to come up with the most obscure question to stump the other one like that's part of like they are friends um but maybe also they kind of learned like hey maybe our friendship's a little toxic and they like correct it it's not a we should stop being friends it's more of a like oh actually like Always texting each other, always trying to one up each other is like, yeah, bad. Or like they learned a lot of what uh, makes good friends from friends. Like it's like, oh, it's like, oh, the perfect friendships yeah. and everything. Um, oh, there's no such thing as a perfect friendship. It's what they can maybe learn yeah. from friends as yeah. well. Um, and maybe like a lessons, a lesson of codependence too, and like how it's, um, sure. So what is a kind of characterization for the first one? Let's just call her, um, for now, sure. Jen. Let's just name them after the actors who played friends. So we'll have Jen and Lisa. Okay. Um, these are our two characters. And then we can decide who they come into as friends. So like, what's Jen's thing? Because she needs some kind of character thing so that we can decide which friend she'll be. I think um, they're both college students. Um, and right. they, uh, and Jen is maybe like at the point in college where like, she's just kind of like tired of it. It's like a little like too exhausting. Um, and Lisa is mm-hmm. her fun friend who kind of like, she hangs out with a lot. So they're like partying a yes. lot They're um, Watching friends and not yeah. going to class yeah, because it's exhausting. Exactly. Um, um, okay, that's good. But uh, she's like maybe just so close from flunking out um, of her mm-hmm. of one of her classes. I don't know. Like, let's give her a class. Oh, anthropology, right? What does Ross um, teach? He's an is he an archaeologist? Anthropologist. anthropologist? Yeah. Right. I oh, know he's a he's a um, he's a uh, um, uh, what starts, is Ross's job in Friends? Paleontologist. Paleontologist. According to Business News Daily, on the show, Ross, a paleontologist with a PhD, worked at the New York Museum of Prehistoric History. Okay. So she's flunking paleontology. Yeah. yeah. 
or something like that. So she becomes Ross, who is an yeah. expert at this. I wonder if her favorite character on Friends is Ross. Oh, what if what if, I don't know if that would make sense. I mean, he's the worst, so I don't know if like maybe they also I think it'd be funny if they agree Ross is the worst. And so now that she is Ross, we can play with that yeah. some too. Or she's like, um, maybe she's she jumps into uh Rachel's character and is a and she Okay kind of like maybe is always on like the Rachel and Ross Ross train of like oh yeah they're perfect together then like when she's in like the moment it's just like oh this dude sucks like he he cheated on yeah. me he's also uh filmed us having sex accidentally like <laughs> so what if see i think that works if lisa the party girl has a shitty okay. boyfriend but she can't see it. Like she doesn't realize that he's like bad news like this. So she jumps into Rachel, but at that point, Jen would have to be somebody Got that's it. not Ross. So let's have her be Chandler and she's failing like accounting okay. or something like that. Like it, it, they all have jobs. Well, most of them have jobs, so it's not difficult yeah. to just change that. Cause, but I think that it may, it works better if one of them is Rachel and is in a shitty relationship and doesn't realize it. And the whole time she's like, God, why can't I have a will they won't they like Ross sure. and Rachel? And it's like, <laughs> no, that, that relationship actively yeah, yeah, is yeah, terrible. Yeah. Remember how they have kids? No, you don't because yeah. neither do they. Um, and I like maybe like, I like one of them jumping into Chandler because he's like so very problematic and homophobic. Like mm. maybe like, it's like they know every line and he's about to say something and then she's about to like, oh, I know what he's supposed to say right here. Well, and then she's like stops herself and just like, oh, wait, no, I we, we, we shouldn't say that. And Lisa is mad because she's the fun friend. So she was like, yeah. why am I not yeah. Chandler? Um, okay. okay, so that works. And now we have that. We have what they can learn. I kind of like, I just had the thought of what if one of them jumped into Gunther? And now he just has to be in the show more. Um, but I do. I think now we have to pick a plot mm -hmm. point from the show to spin off of. So they jump in. It's like, oh my god, this is the one where this happens. And then maybe that's where uh, Jen, who's now... Now we're going to say Chandler and Rachel okay. from now on. Where Chandler um, like, oh, pulls back from a joke. Got it, okay. And then there's the laugh track. And then joey or somebody can be like hey i'm surprised you didn't say and then they make yeah. the joke anyway and the, and then there's the laugh track again and we can play with that as we progress like as things snowball through the movie the laugh track stops okay. I, I typed in the words times friends and then the auto failed was problematic um i mean all of the monica mm -hmm. used to be fat stuff um most of joey Oh yeah, there's like I mean, a, most of Chandler. The treatment of Chandler's dad throughout the show. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. No. That's we're not touching that. I mean, that's too. Maybe somebody starts to bring up Chandler's dad, and they're like, "No, we're not doing that." Well, okay. So there's a really good one where, um, so there is the whole point in the series where it is very um, absurdly jealous over Rachel's friend mark um and is like being mm -hmm. overbearing and like gives her flowers he shows up to her work like to spy on her basically like but like i think like to be in the same mm -hmm. episode or the same period of that um we would have to find something 
something that was going on with Chandler at the same time. So. Well, I mean, we don't necessarily, I think Chandler doesn't really have, as far as I remember, yeah. that many like storylines where he's that important. <laughs> I mean, the show pretty much focused yeah. on Ross and Rachel and then the others got some stuff like once Chandler and Monica dated and married. I think it's more that we, we take the, uh, we were on a break as the flashpoint, like the telling Skip Martin that his bud sister might not go out with him. And that's where we skew. Like that's where the timeline diverges, if you will. And we can start to snowball out of control because after that, the show didn't follow. Oh, we're now we're in this episode. It was just like they okay. started in an episode. Okay. A plot point diverged um, and then everything just from yeah, there. That's, that's fine. I like that. Um, so I think in, in this one, then Rachel, um, does not even engage with Mark at all. Like she knows what's going to happen. So she's like super professional. There's absolutely, I mean, even more so than Rachel was. Yeah. There's not even a hint. Okay. This is such a, I think this is actually such a good point in the series to do this with because it, it establishes so much about Ross's character and like causes so Mm -hmm. many other things. Oh, exactly. So I think, um, no, but you know, like the ignition point that causes so much drama in the series, right? You know, you know what I mean? Uh, these, uh, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, you keep um, using these the very weird incendiary explosion, and, uh, like, idioms. Center. <laughs> the, the, um, the acidic, uh, the, the acid hole. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, um, Ross still flips his gourd about Mark. About something else, too. Or, like, like she's just so jealous, right? Like, so jealous. Well, I think jealous. the point for Rachel's, the meta story character, learning about, like, her shitty boyfriend's, the reality of her shitty boyfriend, is, like, but I didn't even, like, he's, he got so pissed, though, and I didn't even, like, I was even more clear than Rachel was at the, like, about professionalism. Like, there wasn't even a hint of it. Like, the idea is, no, he's just shit. Like, yeah, it didn't matter how professional you were or how hard you tried not to be. He's just a shitty white dude who got his feelings hurt because he thought, like, he's just a small person. Like, he made he made up something in his mind and, like, fo- focused on it and then blamed you for it. Yeah, right? and there was nothing that you were going to be able to do about it. Yeah. So, like, and that doesn't have to be, okay, that's done. Her character arc is over. But I think that's kind of the first impetus for her of, like, mm-hmm. but I, I did everything right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it still happens. I think he, maybe she like is, she doesn't even want to say the words like we're on a break or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. like she's, maybe she's continues to like, try to like not, um, to make it work or something, or maybe, um, but he still sleeps with the woman. Right. You know, like, you know, like, um, because he's like so in his head of, uh, he's so in his head like, oh, if like she's gonna have this thing with another guy, like I'm gonna have a thing with another girl. Like, what uh, if, what if she then actually does sleep with Mark and he's like, fucking awesome, like a really yeah. good dude, and I mean, like very attentive, and it like at the end of it, it's like it's like the Bud's girlfriend in the, the first movie. This is actually like, oh wow, like if she had actually done that and just not like tried to give a shit about ross anymore like she would have been way happier 
Yeah, but maybe eventually. I I don't I, I don't want sure. her to just like go to another guy or anything like that. I think like there's right because they're I, super fans. I just I think I, ultimately maybe that does that's where we end with this character of like realizing how much time they're wasting on this small shitty dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that makes like uh the Rachel character like step back uh-huh. from the friends and be better right. for it, right? Because not no, only, of course this not no, not not only is she uh not only is she uh stepping away from Ross, but um she also probably needs to feel the need to step away from Monica too, right? Like right. because just to like since they're so like intermingled, it's like you can't I can't go to that coffee shop without running into him, or I can't I can't go to your apartment without running into him. Or I guess they live together, but, right? Uh, but but that's like I think. There is there is a breaking point where it's like Monica is like, well, yeah, you're my friend, but he's my brother. Like, I, I can still hang out with both of you, and it's like, right, but I can't hang out with both of you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that works. I also think that we do have to change the name of the show to Buds because it's off brand everything. Sure, sure. Um, but so I like that. I think that works. Um, actually, fuck it, we're just gonna do Friends. I don't care. Pleasantville was they were cowards for not saying leave it to Beaver. <laughs> we're doing Friends. <laughs> Um, they were cowards for not making Leave It to Breaver canonically, yeah. openly racist. Uh, so, I think that's like the beginning of that storyline. So, what do we think the um, right, um, the, right? Because the other one's Chandler. Chandler. Um, I'm trying to remember what was happening during this time. I guess it might not matter. Um, I, I again, I don't think it matters what else was happening because we have mm-hmm. fractured. Sure. What happened? Like the because it's I mean, it's like the butterfly effect because this didn't go exactly the way it was supposed to. We're now already starting to snowball out of we're already starting to snowball out of canon. Like, so I guess we just needed to figure out, was it really thin Chandler because he was on drugs or like what? What? But that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't matter. Was Joey on the sit, like soap opera? That's the kind of stuff we need to know just mm-hmm. for canon to be like, oh yeah, he so he goes to the soap opera for shooting or whatever. Like it doesn't matter what the episodes happened next were because we've already yeah. deviated yeah. from that. Um, well, this would have been before London, so Monica and Chandler are not together. Oh, so Monica London. and Chandler are not together. Um, hmm. I honestly, I think we could maybe also just do some like, not montages, but obvious like time has passed changes because I think having Ross say Rachel's name at the wedding and Rachel's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like at this point, it's like not, yeah, not adorable or not. It wasn't adorable. Then, but you know what I mean? Like it is not, she does not find it nearly as endearing yeah. or as hopeful well, what as if, Rachel did Yeah, or whatever. It's been a while what since if, I've seen um, friends. What if the Rachel character is like, oh no, like if I'm going to be stuck in this thing, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore and takes a step back. And maybe she has a whole side story Mm -hmm. away from the friends. And then she tries to get, um, she tries to get Chandler, the Chandler character to exit it as well. Um, so they can be together one so they can have a friend who knows what's going on. Um, or what do you think about that? Um, 
I mean, why? Because they're super fans. So why does after this one event does Rachel then just basically hmm. peace out? Maybe she gets ostracized. Yeah, I think that has to be. She keeps trying to make everything happen, but the rest of the group, like at some point, they start to like yeah. again because we're freewheeling now. It starts to turn on her, and maybe Chandler does too, like to keep going. Like, yeah. no, I gotta be. I'm Chandler. I gotta be part of the group. Like. Like they were friends before Rachel showed up. Maybe Rachel was the problem, and that's like she said. Like says yeah. that Chandler says that maybe Rachel was the problem. Yeah, and it's not. That's not the case. But yeah, that way, yeah. We can have and I think that that's like there. the that's the fracture between the the two the the meta friends, right? Yeah, that's the fracture the between friends, the meta friends right. because uh, mm-hmm. Rachel, meta Rachel, <laughs> meta meta Rachel. Is, uh-huh. I'm sorry if this is so hard to follow. Um, but meta Rachel is like, no, I don't want to, I don't feel safe. I don't feel good about this. And then this isn't friends. This isn't friends. And that's cause that's the point of the, the, the our movie yeah. is yes, it is. This um, has always been friends. Meta, meta Chandler is like, what are you talking about? We love this show. Why would you leave? Like, why would you want to mess up this whole storyline that's going on? It's like, because they are objectively shitty. Um, and, they are ostracizing me for not wanting yeah. to be present in this friend group anymore or like, or to be, or, or, or for shit talk. They're t- saying I'm shit talking Ross when he's actively being abusive. Um, and right. so I think she steps out and she continues like her storyline. Like what if she left at that point? And then that's when we can explore the Mark storyline with her and um, mm. maybe her success in like the okay. fashion industry too, like and stuff like that. Um, well, meanwhile, Meta Chandler sure. is uh, Meta Meta Chan. Uh, I just love Meta Chandler. Such a, it sounds like a fucking Godzilla villain. Yeah, Meta Chandler. Um, stays with the friends and still tries to make it work without Rachel being present. Right. And I think this is where meta Chandler really starts to lean into doing the Chandler jokes because like I'm trying to bring back some normalcy and that's when the laugh track starts to start fading. And it's like, that's meta. So maybe, okay. So maybe we retcon a little bit of our plot meta Rachel maybe isn't a super fan. Um, Chandler is meta Chandler is. So Rachel got sucked in with her, and we'll yeah. get back to why they pissed off the Lich Don Knotts after this. But, um, so she's Rachel, and that's why she has a much easier time. We can also retcon the abusive boyfriend thing. Um, maybe she's the one who's trying really hard to be friends with Meta Chandler. Like, it's not super easy being friends with Meta Chandler's character, but she is putting in all this work, and this is the, like, I'm mm-hmm. stepping, I gotta go from this now. And they can come back and they can like reconcile and everything, but we don't really need the boyfriend. It doesn't work anymore based off of how quickly she realizes that Ross is abusive and leaves the the lesson of, oh, hey, my boyfriend's also shitty like that is pretty much solved immediately. So she leaves. And so now all Meta Chandler has is the friends. And so they're really leaning into the Chandler jokes and the rest of the movie is them learning like, hey, um, like... Oh, this does yeah. really suck, and they're terrible people. 
And like, maybe I need to put in some work too. And then maybe meta Rachel's learning, like she's with Mark and he's really cool, but there's also a lot of work involved with that. And the idea is just like all friendships are work and not like, um, you need to continue to put in all the work yeah. with meta Chandler, but even like the best yeah. relationships take a lot of work. That's, I think that's good. Um, so I think the laugh track, yeah, definitely stops. It just completely stops. And I think, or it's, I think we need to do a little bit of like, it, it's delayed. Like they make the joke and nobody laughs. And then there's yeah. kind of like a <laughs> laugh. Like, I think it needs to fade out because plus yeah. they'll yeah. just go full color immediately. I think it needs to be a dawning realization. And so at the very end, we can have Chandler's make some joke about their dad or something and nobody laughs. And that's when yeah. the person's like, yeah. Oh shit. Like, yeah, these are terrible people. I think also like just with Rachel leaving, um, it makes all of the friends sort of <laughs> like it snaps them a little bit out of like the the jokey, jokey comedy bit. Right. And it's just like, man, we, we are friends oh, yeah. with well, the, the, a bad person, right? The pacing yeah. is off because Rachel's not there to do her lines. So they're scrambling and they're having to like snap at each other. Now, normally where they'd snap at Rachel or make some joke about or to Rachel, they have to do it to each other. And it just starts to like be like, hey, fuck you. And maybe we have a scene where before she leaves uh, Meta Rachel, like, like maybe everything mm -hmm. awakens in her. And it's just like, Monica, you shouldn't be like disparaging yourself or uh, so much. Um, Joey, you're you shouldn't be talking about women like that. Chandler, mm -hmm. you're you're so homophobic it's crazy uh phoebe you're uh you let down your friends all the time because of your wackiness or trying to be wacky or something like that and like she calls all of them out and then that's what makes them being like hey fuck you whatever get out of here and then yeah because they can reference it later but like you know she was right though about yeah. your you being weird like oh yeah well fuck yeah. you like or it makes... then they can it can snowball from there and Chandler is des Meta Chandler is desperately trying to keep them together yeah. with jokes. And then I think and they over like and and Meta Chandler overdoes it and um says something and it's just like you know what that is like really I think maybe like Joey is like man that that's that really is messed up you know like you shouldn't say that <laughs> you know and I think it makes each one of them like explore the things she called them out on right <laughs> uh, of themselves. Except for Phoebe, because like, regardless of how kooky she is, whatever. Right. I, I said I, I said like, like flighty and like because it's like because... that's the only like thing I could maybe call her out right. on. Like I don't I can't. Yeah, she's a zany character, but like, yeah, is yeah. maybe the least bad. So like, I kind of like the idea that they're all having these moments, and she's yeah. just like, no, I'm. Or maybe good. she leaves because she it awakens in her. Like maybe she's the next one to like leave. Um. Or something and um or maybe she had been thinking about this stuff throughout the entire show and then she never had the heart to say it and then and then yes. when rachel says that it, it's like yes I love oh it. fucking finally like you know like now they actually have to address it yeah oh that's amazing that's amazing rachel leaves and shuts the door and they're all sitting there and then phoebe breaks the steps so like yeah. oh fucking finally and then she just also leaves and that's it yeah. that's a season yeah. wrap on phoebe for the rest of the movie she could be mm -hmm. like in background shots doing whatever phoebe does but she is not in the group anymore yeah. so it's just joey chandler yeah. and monica and ross now 
and all they have are each other to snipe out because Rachel and Phoebe were kind of the punching bags because now it's just Joey. Joey's their punching bag. And so Joey's the next to leave because he's just getting all of their shit. Maybe he like realizes his, realizes he has like a, he has like. And he gets the soap opera. So he has a good out. He's like, I don't actually like. Well, and I think it it turns into, I think once the laugh track stops, like, I think, I think there's a lot of scenes of like, Oh, yeah. uh, Meta Chandler still trying to keep them together, like even though it's just the four of them now. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like, the laugh track stops, and then it immediately turns into a drama, right? You know, of of these people that I have to self reflect. Oh, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. Ross is like, maybe I am obsessive and like controlling, and then uh, Monica is like, maybe it is maybe wrong it to is date wrong to date your like, students. I have to like explore and like really think about all the stuff that i did um and then joey's good i want to do i want to see there i'm sorry i want to see where ross has his realization and also yeah. he just goes where's my son like because the the show never like or barely addresses the fact that he has a kid i just want to be like Wait, where's my son i haven't seen him in two years maybe that's his storyline now is where he's just <laughs> like i spent all my time on this and like my kid barely ever sees me. Like maybe his storyline is to get closer to his son and like refocus his life. I spend four hours every day sitting with you in a coffee shop. Like I could be playing baseball with my son. Joey, Joey's could be like really analyzing like how he treats women and, uh, and maybe going to like a therapist for like sex addiction or like, it's kind of his coping mechanism for okay. not being as successful. Maybe maybe he uses sex as a coping mechanism because he's not as successful as he thought he was That's going good. to be. That's actually um, very good. Because um, he's just on like some soap opera and he could like die at any moment because they've done it before. <laughs> um, Monica, what do we think her thing is? Like, what do we... I, I, I'm having a hard time like pinpointing exactly what her thing is besides the the fat phobic stuff, but it's not really prevalent like no. on a regular basis. I mean, she's it's like, like super type A and kind of controlling. Um, yeah. What if like maybe maybe her thing is she's just trying to get Rachel back? Like uh, that might be something. Um, hmm. I'm. Re- I'm rolling through so so much of the stuff on this like list of like problematic stuff um, is a lot of Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's not a lot of Rachel, um, or it's not a lot of uh, Monica. Although here's what we could do. I know we've been using Meta Chandler. If we make it Meta Monica, that fits as well mm-hmm. of the control. Like, hey, we're all doing this. I'm kind of tricking everybody into hanging out together, and then it's much more of like by sheer force of will keeping the friends together as opposed to being chamber and just cracking wise all the time. That's good. I think that's good. Um, and arguably Rachel's best I, friend in the show was Monica. So that tracks as well then. Yeah. And then they're, they're really excited about that at the beginning uh-huh. because it's like, Oh yeah, we're best friends on this show too. You know, and I like, think then that we can learn uh, about Monica being so type a, and then that translates into the meta story as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's easier to call. Um, it, I think it's easier because now we can create a storyline where Chandler is having to face his like mm-hmm. um, his uh, his homophobic tendencies and also just like 
how he's kind of like very uh not great not great yeah or like he he feels inadequate a lot i Mm -hmm. think like i think that's his whole thing um and he has to sort of explore that um and maybe and i don't like maybe um to get the story along Mm -hmm. uh meta monica tries to like fast paced things with that's what i was saying because that is one part of the show that i thought kind of worked was chandler and monica so i like the idea that she tries to fast track um that relationship well in the show it's it's great for both of the characters because both of them throughout the entire show have had like various relationships Mm -hmm. that don't work out because of like small tiny things or whatever right um um and that's why like they're better together in the show than they were apart previously um so yeah so what do we think let's just go to each storyline um and just kind of wrap it up let's start with joey so see i don't think i think once they leave we don't need to wrap it up like i think we've established like i think joey becoming the sole punching bag because Rachel and and I almost said Lisa Kudrow uh, and Phoebe are gone. Um, and then he gets the soap opera and he's like, I don't actually need, like, it was kind of like you were my friend group and you were, you were my support system, but you're, you're being so shitty to me all the time. And I don't actually need a support system anymore. Like I'm out and and Joey's yeah. gone. So then it's just Chandler, which kind mm-hmm. of, which, which kind of fits a moment in the show because there is a moment where he moves out of Chandler mm-hmm. uh, Chandler's apartment and he moves out on his own. He has that nice apartment. Right. Um, he eventually fucks it up like later right. on, but like, but I think he doesn't you know, because but, like, he doesn't have the friends anymore. Like he, there's like he goes to a therapist and kind of gets his shit together, and mm-hmm. he just manages to maintain this like job and doesn't come back. So then it's just uh, Chandler, Monica, and Ross, um, and then. I don't know. They have to deal with Ross so much. And I think at some point he does realize like, I, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I'm a grown up. I dated one of my students. That's so fucking wrong. Like I, what, who am I anymore? Yeah. Like I should be yeah. with my son. And I think that that works. Yeah. That gives Ross a little bit of a happy ending that I don't think he deserves, but at least it's some self-reflection that he also desperately needed. Sure. Sure. I think there's gotta be a moment where the, uh, Meta Monica and Meta uh, Rachel like see these people again and they hear like what happens with them like after they sure. set up right like uh, maybe Meta Rachel runs into the Ross character in the park with his son mm-hmm. or something like that um, and you hear his what he's done since then um, people uh, maybe like they're watching TV or at some point um, people are watching TV and you see Joey's story and his success and like how he's very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoebe is just doing her thing, right? Yeah. She reconciles with her sister and that they're <laughs> actually, I kind of like the idea of a happenstance meeting of all of them again in central perk. And they're like, they make polite oh, okay. small talk and then they all just leave. Like, it's not like they hate each other still. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh wow. I haven't seen you all in like a year. What are you up to? Oh, that's great. What are you up to? Oh, that's great. Okay, well, bye. And then nobody sits down. Like, actually, they yeah. stand around the couch and the chairs, like where they would normally sit. They yeah. stand there, have their conversation, and leave, but nobody sits down. Okay. And then Gunther uh, turns around, and it's actually Don Knotts. 
That's pretty good. And I that's where like he sends that. Meta Rachel and Meta Monica back. Yeah. Um, they stay. Maybe they sit down, actually. And that's the thing. Everybody leaves, but Meta, Meta Rachel and Meta Monica sit down and actually, like, reconnect. And yeah. apologize. Whatever. They, like, they, they mend fences. And then Gunther shows up with their drinks. They look up, and it's Don Knotts. And he sends them back. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay, so. What do we think? Mm-hmm. What do we think Monica, oh, we're still doing this. the Meta uh, Monica store? Sorry. No, I, I'm no, sorry. Okay. Um, I mean, I think we need to like at least wrap up the Meta Monica story because she kind of was left like just with everything. What do we think happens with her? Like she continues. She fast tracks things with Chandler. I think he, that doesn't um, work. I think because the thing that I liked about Chandler and Monica was it took until like season eight for that to even come up. And like, it was not a slow burn. I don't think they intended it to. It was just a thing of like, Hey, this actually kind of works. So I think like trying to make Mm -hmm. it happen early is like, no, Monica, like you can't control everything. Like you, you do this every time. And that's maybe kind of a wake up call for meta Monica as well. Like, Oh, he's right. I do kind of try to control everything. Um, yeah. And like, I very regimented in my life and like maybe a little bit of whimsy. Like I'm not trying to get the message across that. No, don't like, don't be neat and tidy and scheduled. Like that's fine. Like a little bit of whimsy is also fine. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, and so Don Knotts shows up and I think they look up and it is Don Knotts and like Gunther's oh, what the like hair? crazy. Yeah. Like, crazy colored like shirt mm-hmm. and tie too um and i think they drink their coffee and then they look up and they're like oh shit and then like they immediately are jumped back oh, into so i their, like the idea uh, they see it's him and they drink the coffee and like we like see the cup go up like this when it comes back down they're back in meta monica's apartment or whatever like in the real world okay they're back okay in Jen's like apartment yeah um do you think Don Knotts? Let's talk about the Don yeah, Knotts Witch and, character. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's the easiest part to solve, and it's at the very beginning. So let's get in on why he put them in the show. Yeah, I think because they are. I think it's very similar to the Bud David connection of like he knows a lot about the show. They're about best Sorry, friends. Bud and who? But like what? Uh, David. Who is D- D- David? God. 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 Uh, <laughs> I think. It's very similar to why he did that mm-hmm. to uh, David's character in um, in Pleasantville. Um, is that because these oh these two people are great friends, they're best friends. Let's put them in the show, and they can be like they can share this thing together. And he thinks it's great, but because he's uh, mm-hmm. but because nothing goes nothing ever goes Don Knotts Lich way. Um, they they end up. They end up destroying the. I uh, do love the idea they, that they end up Don destroying Nons the friend. This kindly lich who tries to give like super fans the dream experience of being in their favorite TV show, and they end up blowing up the whole thing from the inside. I love it too. <laughs> I mean it. It kind of fits like the lich narrative of like being cursed, yeah. right? Like he's like, in in sort of like out of his mind, like powerful and like he's using this power for what he thinks is good, but it's actually like destroys everything he he wanted to create. I think it's great. Yeah, so I think I think this one's a little bit of a mess, but I think that's kind of yeah, I mean right? it's any film that relies that we pitch that relies very heavily on conversations is gonna be a little messy because sure. we're not going to sit down and then 
write the entire conversation. So we kind of have to hand wave our way through a lot of it and just say, yeah, and then that happens. So like, I think it's solid. It just seems messier than it is because we can't describe like, it's not Dora race to Chernobyl where we can talk about like mutation and like that kind of stuff. It's not as clean. It's not not an action move. It's not an action movie or anything like that. uh, So I have to ask, did we do it? Yeah, I think we okay. did it. Then all that we have left to do is give it a title. So is it... I don't think it can be called Pleasantville, right? <sighs> I um, know, but I don't really want to go back to the a, blank, a colon, a something story. Well. What about Friends 2? <laughs> friends 2. Meta Friends? Pleasantville 2, colon, it's Friends this time. That's pretty good. I know. I hate I like, that, but maybe. I, I, I love I, I love those types of names. Ugh, um, I know you do. This is ju- it'll just be like uh, Holes 2, uh, Dule Hill was Poseidon yeah, the entire time. I did make time. up the full title for you. I, I know I fought you on it, but it is Holes 2, colon, The Lost Empire, in parentheses, Dule Hill was Poseidon the whole time. <laughs> um. Pleasantville. I don't, I do not know how to write that. Um, <laughs> that clapping emoji. I don't know. Um, I was gonna say, uh, Pleasantville. Life doesn't go that way. <laughs> it doesn't mine go was this gonna way. be something like Pleasantville too. Could we be any more of a sequel? Oh my god! Yes, that's it. I think that's it. Oh boy. I'm I'm very disappointed that our two op- the two options that I feel like we have to choose from are that or Pleasantville to colon it's friends this time. <laughs> I li- actually let's do it's friends okay. this time. That's so fucking. Funny I'm fine to with me. that actually. I've I have chilled out uh, a lot in the last few months <laughs> on that kind of shit. So yeah, for, so yeah. we do it. We'll be do it officially. Pleasantville two. It's friends this time. All right, well, if we did it and we have the title, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. Uh, if you would be so kind as to give us a rate and review and or tell two friends, I will not cry myself to sleep tonight. Tell your favorite Chandlers and Rosses. Reach out to every person you know named Ross, Chandler, Monica, Phoebe, or Rachel. No Joeys, just those. Tell them to listen to our podcast. I would really want to know how many people in your life you know that are named Ross or Chandler. I know at least two Rosses. Really? Yeah. Are they the worst? Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Step Stratton, off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, that's spelled B-O-Y-E-S, like in, oh yes. The full album is available on all streaming services now. All right, Madison, what are we doing next time? I'm pulling up the list. I have an idea. It's a little okay. weird, but if you're interested in going back to an action film, okay, we can do our first Rift trilogy. 
I watched the 2011 The Three Musketeers last night, starring Orlando Bloom and Luke Evans and ah. all of that. Uh, it's a it's a kind of a ludicrous action movie type Three Musketeers. What we can do, if you're interested, is make a sequel that is the bridge film between that and The Man in the Iron Mask. The Leonardo, Di- okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jeremy Irons, uh, John Malkovich film. I have not seen either of these movies. Okay. It would require to watch uh, two movies. Man in the Iron Mask is very good, I think. Okay. Um, it's, but the, what, what I love is the 2011 Avengers is this ridiculous action film with like airships and explosions. And like okay. it, is, it is pretty wild. Man in the Iron Mask is a much more subdued like period piece. Or like the basically the three musketeers who have retired. So we would be building a bridge film in the middle that kind of gaps those two. Okay, that's um, fun. That's a, that's a fun prompt. And also, like where it. the first one ends, we kind of have to describe. Like, I can't give too much away because I want you to experience at least Man in the Iron Mask without any kind of spoilers. There, if you look at them as the beginning and end of a trilogy, there are some big switch ups that we would have to kind of thread. And I think that, that could be really fun to like. So is this, this would be technically be a sequel to. Technically it's going to be a sequel to the 2011 of Musketeers movie while also being a prequel to the man in the iron mask. So a little bit of homework that I guess this week prequels, if you want to catch up, uh, if you haven't seen either film. And you want to watch the movies as we do them. That's going to be. So if you want to do the homework for that, you can watch the 1998 Man in the Iron Mask starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, and the 2011 The Three Musketeers with Logan Lerman, Matthew McFadden, Rob Stevenson, and Mila Jovovich. So for the equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. All for one. And one for in the middle. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, and we'll do the two steps. Come on, hands with me.